Lineup. Lineup. Locked. Locked. Where every day is Sunday. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Are you ready for some football? Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and find us on Facebook and YouTube. Now, get ready. Ready? And lock it in. And it's that time to lock it in your weekly breakdown of everything fantasy football and what's going on in the fantasy football world. Welcome to Lineup Locked. As always, I am Zach, your player one, here to give you all the news and advice you need. And today we got quite the special pod. I have two writers on with me today. I have Lee on and Matt as well. Say hello, boys. Hello, boys. Hello, boys. <laughs> you guys follow directions so well. I love it. So uh, first off, before we get to the nitty gritty, uh, let's talk about our social media accounts. So all these lovely people who turn into our podcast know where to find us, guys. Uh, I am at Chew on Sports. Lee, what is your Twitter handle, sir? At Dynasty Dingo. Follow me. I'm three away from 400, I think. Let's go, man. Let's get let's get you to 1,000. Let's go. And uh, Matt Reller. At Matt Reller. Keep it simple. It is his name. Only rocking 152 followers. So Let's go. We got to get you up there. Up. We got to get you up there too, buddy. Now, his name is Matt, M-A-T-T, Reller, R-E-L-L. That's E-R, not A-R, for those that who are uh, for those who are uh, needing to look for him because of the spelling. So, so guys, real quick, are y'all, any, are y'all NBA or hockey fans at all? Big time NBA, not as much hockey. Okay. Matt, what were you saying? I'm sorry you cut out on me. I said not a ton. I'm, I kind of peek at them, but I don't really follow hard. Okay. Well, I would imagine Lee is probably going through the same emotions that I am right now on the NBA. Uh, with free agency going down, it actually players can start scheduling their meetings today, which is Saturday, and then tomorrow can start verbally committing. And I know Philly has a lot of money, but there are people trying to pry away all all uh, all Lee's peeps that he's, he loves. So I'm interested to see. And then Mavs, same thing. You know, it's like we're going to get Kimbo, we're going to get this guy, and then we're not having a meeting with him. It's wild. So so it'll be uh, it'll be something fun to talk about. I love all sports, uh, as Matt, as you know, and as my listeners probably know if they follow me on the Twitter sphere. So I'm, uh, I'm always excited to see how that rolls. I play uh, fantasy basketball, baseball as well. And this year I'm actually going to get into fantasy hockey. So I'm I'm in every every avenue of all of it. I love it. So... It's going to be fun. What do you think, Lee, about Jimmy Butler? I think he's going to stay in Philly, personally. I think he's just gear. I think he's doing everything he can to make sure he gets that five-year max. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you can't... It's tough to, like, turn that down since we can offer him the most years on his contract. And he's getting older, and we can offer him the most money. I mean, once we, if we offer him that, that full max, like, there's no way he doesn't accept it. Right. The, the only argument with Jimmy Butler is if Houston can move some pieces, right? Because they can't... I don't see a sign-in trade happening with Philly and Houston because they have nothing. There's no leverage. He can't go there and say, "Hey, I'm signing with Houston, so I need you to, uh, I need you to, you know, trade me there so I can get the fifth year." They'll be like, "They don't have the cap. No, go somewhere else." So I think that they invested a lot of them, so they're going to give him that offer. And also at the same time, if the Lakers are about to do what it seems like they're about to do, which is get 
it's really, 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 really good with a with a third max player, then why would you want to go to the West if you're Jimmy Butler? You're a rattled shot away from being in the finals, you know. So that's that's my hot take on that situation, and then we'll. We'll get into some crazy news, and then we'll talk about we'll talk about football, which is what the people are here for. So I only have one crazy news story for you guys this week, and it's a it's a weird one. Uh, there's actually a coffee shop opening up in Thailand, unnamed yet. It's just the idea, and they're building it out. And the guy doesn't have a name for it yet. And I've created a name, by the way, which I will share with you in a minute. But the whole point of this coffee house is you go and you drink coffee like you would a Starbucks, I guess. I imagine they have free Wi-Fi, maybe, I don't know, but you go in, you drink your cup of joe, your espresso, your frappe, whatever, and then you go lay in a coffin, they close the door, and you reflect on your life. So, uh, would you, either one of you, be interested in doing this? No. (laughs) Not even a little bit. You know... (laughs) I'm kind of weirded out right now by it because, you know, I just drank three cups of coffee before I did this pod, and I'm a little, like, full of energy, ready to go, ready to rock, and, you know, like, if I was put in a dark place and trying to reflect, I'd, get, I'd probably get, like, a little antsy and freaked out, right? It, it, that, that's a thing, correct? Like, yeah, it seems like the opposite of what you would want to do is you drink coffee. I don't use it to, like mellow out yeah yeah it's it's very odd like maybe 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 open a bar where you have a coffins in it right you have you have seven beers and then you go take a nap in the coffin now that's an idea (laughs) that's an idea right there uh there's no name for the place yet so i just created this and you know what they can have it for free i'm not even gonna trademark it he should call his place coffin coffee i think that works I don't know what the the Bangkokian uh, symbolism is for that, but he should use the few letters that that is and make it happen. I think I think it would I think it I think it would work. I think it would work well. As long as it stays in alliteration, I think you're fine. <laughs> oh man, good stuff. So as always, everyone, uh, this podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com, our brand new fantasy football website where you, the fan, can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts, and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our experts, completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter, at CreatorRank, and check us out on Facebook and YouTube. So before we get into trending on Roto, I do want to just give you guys the floor. You guys both are writers, and very impressed with the content you guys have put out so far. I wish that I had the gift to put my thoughts into words, but I do not. It just does not sound right. I have enough. I have enough problem using 140 characters on Twitter personally. So, uh, so I'm pretty excited to uh, hear what you guys got working. So we'll start with you, Matt. What's uh, what's going down right now with you? Um, I'm kind of working on um, the next draft strategy that I want to do an in-depth look at. I did zero RP. I kept going back and forth between doing zero wide receiver or early quarterback next. It feels like everybody goes late round QB, and I wonder if this is kind of the year you want to zag since the top four guys are all pretty strong. So kind of kicking those around and getting something better than what I have right now. 
Excellent. Well, that's a that's a good idea because today, actually, that kind of goes hand in hand with this is we're covering RBs 26 through 40, which if you are going quarterback a little bit earlier or heavy wide receiver to start, these are where you need to get two or three of these guys. Uh, so we can we can give our listeners a good uh, kind of a good check on what who maybe they should hone in on and, and give our advice on that. So, Lee, what you got cooking, my man? Yeah, so mine looks a little bit at draft strategy, I guess, but it's not a direct article about it. Mine is is about I was just my friend. I was talking to my friend David the other day, and he was like, he told me he was doing some research about you know running backs and how many times they finished top top ten um, over the course of their careers. So I was like, wow, like, do you mind if I like kind of run with that and see where it goes? And so I charted. Um, running backs and receivers since 2008 and the, the number of top 12 finishes they have. Okay. So I've got data from all of that right now and the data points to... I'll, I'll just share some statistics with you. So yeah, please. Give give the listeners some nuggets, please. Yeah, this is definitely... This is more for, for Dynasty but also can be applied to redraft. Okay. It is a... A wide receiver is, based off these numbers, a wide receiver, if they have one wide receiver one season, there's a 63% chance they'll have another wide receiver one season. And for running backs, that number drops to 55%. Wow. And so the opposite of that is that you know, if they have once, there's a 27% chance a receiver does not repeat a wide receiver one season at all in their career, and there's a 45% chance that a running back does that. Yikes. And then one step further is a receiver, if he has one season, one one wide receiver one season, there's a 39% chance that he, ha- he has more than two wide receiver one seasons throughout his career. And for a running back, that number is only 25%. Wow. That's wild. You know what that tells me more than anything, just listening to those statistics, is that I think that we as fantasy players, fantasy writers, and uh, fantasy just payer attentioners, if if that's a word, I just made it. I just made it a thing. Yes. Trademark it. I, I think that... It's so important that you don't just love the player. You pay attention to the scheme. You pay attention to the coaching and their tendencies. And who's who's throwing the rock, man? Who's got the ball? Because there are so many scenarios where you have a player like a Saquon Barkley who might be situation. Uh, it doesn't matter what situation he's in. He's still going to be phenomenal because of the usage there. But then there's guys where it can completely just steamroll and, and kill you um, if you pick if you pick the wrong individual in the wrong system. So I think that that's something to really really pay attention to. So for our listeners, uh, obviously we try our best to research these things and make sure we're giving you the proper advice because it's draft season. It's Ju- it's July in like two days. It's almost here, and this is when it's it's the ADP really starts making the most sense here within the next two to three weeks. And the risers are the stayers, and the fallers are the stayers as well. That's kind of where people are going as far as ADP and in the mocks that you're going to start doing. So I think that it's important to really pay attention to those things. It's kind of like 
we talked about last week, we got in a heated debate, Chris and I, over, uh, we were talking about Jarvis Landry, and we were talking about the, the targets and how Freddie Kitchens has spread it around. Does that does that move Odell Beckham down a few pegs on rankings? You know, does that make him go from a guy that guy everybody thinks is your shoe in top three or four to he might have a sixth or seventh or eighth where you might need to target these guys before? And these are these are the data and the things we kind of check for to make sure we're giving the best advice possible. So that's awesome, Lee. I can't wait till you put that out and read it. Also, uh, for those of you who don't know, create a rank is exactly that. You create your own rankings, and it's awesome. Uh, there are people all over that are uh, going in and utilizing that feature. I know Alex, who is our, our boss man, has actually put out his top RBs and wide receivers now. Is that right? He's done. Mm-hmm. He's, he's put his rankings on both. So go yeah. check those out. He knows his stuff. He is, he is an awesome Twitter account to follow. You know, We talk about our favorite sports writers, whether it be Brad Evans or, or whoever. I'm a big fan of him. And boy, Alex pumps out the quality content too, man. It's it's good. It's yes. good stuff, and it's backed up with stats. It's not gut feeling. It's not thoughts. It is his, you know, with the exception of anything he says about the Patriots. That straight homerism. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding, Alex. Shots fired. Bang bang. Wait, that's uh, that, that's that. All right, fellas. All right, so, fellas, we're going to trending in Roto now, okay? So, news or noise. This has become one of my favorite segments, actually, that we do. I really love it because it, you know, Lee broke it down best last week. Lee's like, man, I love it, but I, how, is it from a writer or is it from coaching? Is it from something we've seen or is it from gut? And this is good because a lot of our listeners, I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. You hear these things and you fall in love with the player, you know? And I, I remember that I listened to... Serious Sports Radio a few years ago in Joe Mixon's rookie year, and I I drafted him way too high because I heard a a writer that is a very very credible source to the person I was listening to say that he was going to get the lion's shares of carries starting week one, and I think we all know how that story ended. It didn't happen, so he wasn't even a flex play to like week eight or nine, I think, if, if memory serves me correctly. So it's very important to pay attention to these things and try to decipher what's what. Uh, sometimes is it a hunch? Yes, but it's always good to get multiple opinions. So we are going to get started. So the first player that we're going to break down is old uh, old Dilly Dilly with uh, Seattle. Will Disley, actually. Disley, Disley. Uh, Will Disley is expected to have increased role this year in the Seahawks offense. Matt, we'll start with you. Yeah. News, noise. Can be news, but they just don't pass enough for me to really like want to own a Seattle Seahawks pass catcher. Big Montana had like that big stretch early on, and then he got hurt, so it wouldn't shock me if he was the starting tight end again because he did show he can handle it. But uh, there's so many other tight ends that I would rather take late than Will Disley. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of of the same opinion. He's a guy I might look as my second tight end, maybe, but for now he's not really on my radar. Noise. Yes. Is he yeah. a, is he the, the tight end to own if you are a Seattle tight end owner, if that's, if that's a thing, or is he just <laughs> leave him on the waiver and let everybody fight for him and bid on him when he blows up one week like he did last season? That's what I would do with him. And if you, like, 
for some reason needed to own a Seattle tight end, I think he's the one I would grab. See, this is something I want our listeners. So we did, we just talked about it, led into it perfectly. You know, the Seahawks should have and could have beat the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. And we both know that I'm a, we all know, and the listeners know as well, that I'm a huge Cowboys <laughs> fan, but I keep it real. And the reason why they didn't is because they would not, like, we were shutting them down on the run, and they didn't unleash Russell like they needed to until the very end of the game. They just, they just kept their game plan, kept doing their thing, and they didn't adjust. So, can you expect more of the same? I would say I would point to yes. Obviously, we have to see it with our eyes, but we're talking about a trend, and we're talking about what we saw, and you guys are both right. The targets, just you're looking at a guy that's going to get three or four targets a game, probably. I just I can't I can't buy it, and I would rather bid on it or hope the free it shines on me in free agency if he becomes a baller. I'm, I'm going elsewhere. I'm, I'm not drafting him. I would just put him on the watch list and just know that he had a breakout game last year. And he has the potential to have some explosive plays. And Russell Wilson is an amazing quarterback, obviously. But they're just not trending towards that. So next player is my bay, And uh, number 26, by the way, on the rankings. He'll be the first running back we start talking about later today. David Montgomery. Montgomery is a standout at off-season practices. News or noise, Lee? Noise. I'm doing noise. Just, I, I think that's good, and I like to hear that. But, I mean, I, I think they, we already knew what was going to happen in Chicago. Like, they traded up to draft him in the third round. Like, they paid Mike Williams, or not Mike Williams, um, Mike Davis. So, he'll, he'll still get a little work, and Tariq Cohen's an elite pass catching him back. So, I think that, not, that doesn't really change my view on Montgomery at all. Okay. Matt? Also noise. It's a off-season report. I just... I'm going to disagree a little bit with Lee, though, that I don't think Mike Davis does much. Like, even <laughs> when he does get his opportunity, I think it's going to be David Montgomery early and often. I really think he's kind of Kareem Hunt 2.0 without all the off-field off baggage. And I think Maggie's going to love his skill set, so I think it's going to be him from the jump. It kind of reminds me of, now I know an injury happened, and it changed the situation, but let's talk about Kareem Hunt's rookie year. Uh, he was the backup to Spencer Ware, and then they had a, a few other gadget guys there, uh, Trickendrick West, I believe, too. And Spencer Ware went down, actually, during one of my drafts, which is really weird. I picked Kareem Hunt in, like, the fifth round, and everybody was like, oh, too high, oh, what are you thinking? And, well, that worked out really well for me. But... <laughs> I, I see kind of Mike Davis as that Spencer Ware player where he's serviceable, certainly going to get some looks, and but I, I just think Montgomery is the better player. And what they've shown to me with the Bears is that they're going to be a team that's going to score some points and it's going to involve the running backs heavily always. So I still want my shares of him, so I think that's good. But I think this is something we already knew. So I don't think that – I don't think that personally – I don't think this changes anything for him. So I'll go noise with you fellas as well because I just I think that he's just I think he is where he is. And if you're listening to this, try to do your drafts as soon as possible. I know it's I know we don't want to normally. You want to wait till maybe the preseason's done in redraft leagues because of injury and 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 whatnot. But this guy, once the preseason starts, his draft stock's going to go up so much. It's it, he's number 26 on the running back board right now, and I. 
don't see him staying there. So I no. would say I would say try to convince your league mates into doing it preseason week one or something <laughs> so you can try to get a share. <laughs> Otherwise, you're paying maybe too hefty of a price. I mean, Royce Freeman went in third rounds last year, and that did not do well for you if that happened. I just don't see a Philip Lindsay on the Chicago Bears roster, though. No, no. So uh, Eli Manning. Eli doesn't think he's competing with Jones. Is that because he's already lost? Hip, 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 hip. Matt, uh, news or noise? Um, it's more noise than anything because I don't think you want to own a Giants quarterback. But if I, I just want to tell Eli he's wrong if he thinks he's not competing with Daniel Jones. Yeah. What do you what, what do you think, Lee? News or noise? Um, yeah, I think it's I don't know exactly how to classify it, but he's he's competing, and like Jones has looked better from what I've heard out of camp. So it's weird to think that like he thinks he's got the job locked up or whatever. We'll just we'll just call that a, a dumb face report. That's the that's the <laughs> that's the Eli face right now, just uh, looking baffled. Oh, right. yeah, just. Yeah, he's pretty much. It looks like he should be Rocky's stunt double, right? With that, with that face that he does. Uh, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley to lead Bills receiving cores. Question mark. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, pass on that. Uh, I'm gonna. I will kick both of you off this podcast if y'all agree with this report. <laughs> News or noisily. Well, I mean, I agree with the report, but that doesn't mean he's, he's fantasy relevant, really. Although one thing to note is that someone's got to do it in Buffalo. And I, I don't know. You can take your shots on any one of those guys, I guess. I don't really know. That, that's, that's all I have to say on that, really. <laughs> what about uh, what about you, Matt? Well, your threat to kick me off makes me kind of want to agree some days. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I really wouldn't do that. <laughs> I know. I'm a little salty. He's throwing a lot of shade at the at the Cowboys organization <laughs> when he's went to the Bills. Like I don't I don't get that. It's not like if he was the Patriots, I get it, man. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I, if John Brown wasn't there, I might see it. But no, it's not going to be Cole Beasley. I'm sorry to break it to you, Cole. <laughs> Yeah, I see. I think it's noise because he wasn't fantasy relevant in Dallas, and there was certainly a role for him. And in my opinion, I think Zay Jones is going to make a leap this year. That's that might be the guy that nobody's really, really targeting. That might be a good late round flyer. But then, like you said, you have John Brown and you have Robert Foster as well. Which Robert Foster, That's my guy, Robert Foster on the deep ball man. last year. Holy potatoes. What were you going to say, Matt, about Robert Foster? That's my guy. It's not Zay Jones. I think it's Robert Foster. He had a huge connection with Josh Allen down the stretch last year. I love that kid. Yeah, he was in the top 20. He was a wide receiver, too, for that, that yeah. period of Josh Allen being the wide the running uh, the quarterback one. Excuse me. So I definitely agree with that. We have some uh, Bills running back news now for News or Noise. LaShawn McCoy. Uh, we'll start with you, Matt. McCoy, Gore, Singletary, all split first-team reps. News or noise, sir? News in that Devin Singletary is getting some first-team reps. Noise as it relates to LaShawn McCoy. I just I don't see McCoy or Gore holding off 
Devin Singletary for long if they do. So I, it's newsworthy in that respect for me, but I wouldn't put much stock into LaShawn McCoy this year. Lee, what are your thoughts, news or noise? Noise for this year, news for fantasy, just because I think that it lo- it's, good, it's a good look for Singletary that he's competing with those, those vets to start off. And I think that Gore is not long for the NFL, and Shady might not even be long for the NFL. So definitely, I'll take I'll take my shot at Devin Singletary in the second round of rookie drafts. And don't forget they have T.J. Yeldon too, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Is he injured? He's not. He's just apparently on the bubble, I guess, because I don't know if they want to keep four running backs. That's uh, I mean, they might. Some teams and do. They paid him. And they didn't pay him, so they they might keep four. So here's my here's my thought right here, gentlemen, and tell me if I'm wrong, okay? My thought is, I love this report. It's news, but I love it. And the reason why I love it is because I'm not drafting McCoy. I'm certainly not drafting Frank Gore. No way. TJ Eldon, no thanks. But you know who I am going to draft? You know who is going to be a guy that I'm drafting in the 13th or 14th or 15th round? is Singletary. Because that is an ultimate handcuff position on a run-heavy offense. Uh, This is a guy that I will target late that people will forget about because they're going to read this report, and this is the way it's going to look in the preseason, and this is what the beat writers are going to say. He is absolutely someone that you could target that could be the guy if injury happens, like it's been happening to LaShawn McCoy, right? Frank Gore is older now, had his first injury-plagued season last year. So you could certainly see him emerge. Uh, let's go to the Jordan Howard rookie year. Jordan Howard was either undrafted or a Mr. Irrelevant for most in most redraft leagues. And ended up, was it week seven, being the starting running back, maybe week six? And if you had him on your roster, you weren't spending your fab. You were still able to keep all of that if you're in a league that does the bidding. Or if you weren't lucky enough to be the number one, the number two uh, on fantasy waivers, you certainly weren't getting him, right? So, I say that's the guy to target. Would you guys agree with that? Would you, would you guys be down for share late in redraft leagues with him? Wholeheartedly agree. Um, I still think it's possible that they trade LaShawn McCoy before the season. That, that, that might be a thing, man. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I haven't seen like where he's going in redraft necessarily. But if he's there late and, you know, I'm out of running back options, I'd, I'd go for him. He's not being drafted, really. And he's no. it's it's in that range where it's that 13 to 16, which is pretty much Mr. Irrelevant, not drafting. People are drafting defenses and kickers and uh, backup free. tight ends. What were you saying, Matt? He's free. You may as well just throw him on your roster at the very end instead of a kicker or a defense. Pick them up week one when you need to. Right. Yeah, the last four, really the last four picks of your fantasy drafts for our listeners is just free because you churn those positions anyway. Kickers, defenses, backups, and everything else. Why not try to pick up somebody who could be a starter at some point? Uh, Up next is Ronald Jones. Lee, we'll start with you. Bucks are really excited about Rojo's. Rojo, I like it. We're calling him Rojo now. Rojo's progress. That makes me want to buy right away. <laughs> what do you say, Lee? News or noise? News, just because I've heard this report about a few times now, and I, I like that it keeps coming out, just because 
He, he's in 26 to 40, right? Or is he earlier or later? He's probably a little earlier, or is he 26 to 40? Let's pull it up for you, sir. Let's look at these. He's in there. He so is. I'll elaborate a little more later, but the draft pedigree, despite how he played last year, is um is is a good sign to me because like second round running backs usually hit in the NFL. At least since 2012, I was just looking at it. A majority of those guys have been RB ones or RB twos in fantasy, especially in a Bruce Arians offense. Exactly. Yes, Matt, I'll give you the floor now, sir. It is news in that it's a new coaching staff that is getting their first impression of Ronald Jones the second, and he <laughs> has an interesting skill set in that he can be on the field no matter what you're doing. I really like his chances of being kind of that late-round guy that can help win your league, especially in redraft. In Dynasty, I'm all over the guy. I think he's going to be a stud for a few years. Bruce Arians' offense is just tailored to the running back position, so I'm I'm kind of all in on the kid. So it bums me out that I have to say it's news, but <laughs> it is. Yeah, sign me up. And the good the good thing is for our listeners, I'm not sure if this is going to raise his ADP much in redraft leagues. I, I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued to see the data. Maybe he dazzles in the preseason, uh, and that happens. But Peyton Barber is still there, and they are pretty loaded at running back. Just period. I think they have four. If I'm not, I think Jaquiz Rogers might still be there. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But they, don't, they certainly have the bodies, and that might scare some people off because he he was awful last year, like completely awful. But it is very look at you know let's use Derrick Henry as an example. It is very possible to have a resurgence, study film, and see why you didn't do well. And you know what, man, it it helps when people talk good about you. I know that if someone compliments me, I, I feel better and more confident in anything that I do. So I would imagine how all this positive coach speak is just helping fuel him even more for when uh, in practices and all that good stuff. So yeah, that's news, and I'm about him, man. I like him. He's one. Of, he's one of the guys in the grouping we're going to talk about that I really dig. So up next, this one's a uh, this is a two part one. It's a Tyreek Hill. So the first I'm going to cover both because there's two stories on Roto about him. Okay, the first right. one is Chiefs could look at Hill extension soon. And the other one is Tyreek Hill is facing a maximum, in quotes, ban of four games, question mark. So we'll start with you, Lee. Tyreek Hill, this is obviously news, so you don't need to say news or noise, I guess, but give me your thoughts on this situation. Yeah, I've, um, there was some response tweets to the one where it says Tyreek Hill to face maximum of two, um, of uh, four weeks because it's a beat writer who... And then the, the argument was basically that unless he's talking directly to Goodell, like he has no business, you know, predicting a suspension. Okay. So I kind of agree with the people with with them just because we don't know. Like, there's been times where Goodell has like been lighter on someone or has been harder on someone, and I think it's a little premature to think that always oh, getting less than four games. Like I could see easily see an eight game suspension just like Cremont. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, this whole situation, it just reminds me a ton of Zeke two years ago, where I think it's going to be a constant thing of, is he suspended this week? Is it next week? 
how long is it going to be for? Nobody knows. And that's the insane part about the NFL. <laughs> Nobody can predict rhyme, reason. There's no... It's just all gray with the NFL. So it's it's so hard to be like, yeah, it's going to be this. And for a beat writer to come out and be like, it's maximum four. You don't know, man. Like, it could, for some reason, be an entire year. He just... Uh, this whole situation scares me. <laughs> so I think that it's going to scare a lot of people potentially, and we'll see. Uh, trust the data. If he's going too high and people are saying that and experts are saying that and we are saying that and everyone's saying that, then don't draft him. If he starts becoming a bargain, if it's only four to six games, he could be the ultimate flex play for you uh, towards the towards the end of the season and the playoff run, right? So... <laughs> You know, uh, Zeke got six games when he was suspended. But Zeke also fought it every single week. Uh, tried everything he could to be on the field for the Cowboys. I don't think Tyreek Hill fights this. They had a hardcore meeting. They're talking about potential what the suspension could be. And I'm with you both. I think it could be eight, six, or four. Uh, it could be eight. He appeals it and gets six. Four probably is where it's at. So I don't think he's going to fight it. I think he's going to accept it because I think he's extremely fortunate. I, we all heard the tape, right, and heard about everything. And I think I'm not here to say guilty or non-guilty. That's not what this podcast is about. But I think that with what we've heard and how the story has went, I think that he is just, if it's only four games, I think he is just, okay, I'll, I'll sit it out. That's my opinion. That's not me with a hot take. That's not me reading it. That's just what I think from being on the outside in looking at this situation. So Rashard Penny, Seahawks RB touches could be very game to game. Lee, news or noise? Uh, noise, but I don't know. Game to game is good because there'll be six games that Chris Carson doesn't play. So they'll all go to Penny. Yeah, yes. Matt? See, that's what makes me think it's a little more news in that they're going to almost be a hot hand approach. It's going to be a really annoying thing as a fantasy owner. It's going to be almost Belichickian where you're just never sure if you should put him in the starting lineup or not. So I do think it is a little more newsworthy for that reason. So this is a report that I love, guys. This is another one that I'm like, yes, please, keep saying it, because this is going to make Penny's draft stock just drop, and I can get more <laughs> shares of him for cheaper. I think it's noise, because Pete Carroll would talk up a rock. Like, literally, it could be <laughs> it could be the, the Seattle Seahawks just, just signed a rock to the team. Oh, his blocking's amazing. Oh, man. Oh man, he's gonna he's gonna get it done, and it's like you realize it's not alive. It's just gonna sit there. Oh no, that they won't be able to get around this rock. It's amazing. Like that's he talks up everything. So he's kind of like the it's the opposite of the Tampa Bay situation where Carson has had injury issues, and I think you want to manage Carson a little bit. Honestly, uh, I think Carson should still have a role on the team. I think he still will get some carries, but I think it's gonna be Penny's backfield and. Honestly, either way, even if I'm wrong and it's not the case, 
if these reports keep happening, his draft stock is going to drop to a point where you're getting a good bargain regardless. So I'm I'm all about it, and keep it up. Keep up that coach speak, Pete Carroll. I like it. <laughs> all right, so last two. We've got uh, Lamar Miller shows off leaner physique. Matt, news, noise. Ew, what is it? Noise. <laughs> it's good that a running back is losing weight. That usually makes them a little more explosive. But it's Lamar Miller. I'm just not excited for Lamar Miller at all. I think I think it's smart of him to do, but <laughs> Deontay Foreman's there, and I just yeah, n- noise. <laughs> what do you think, Lee? Uh, it's in between for me. I think that Lamar Miller's whole game, which made him such a valuable running back, was his speed. And he did, he wasn't really able to showcase that the past couple of years. So, you know, if, if he is that that lighter, meaner, um, faster running back again, you know, in Miami, that one year in Miami, in a couple of years in Houston, he had like a thousand yards rushing because like, he was just bouncing it to the outside and just beating everyone around the edge. So... I'm, I think I'm siding with Lee on this one. This actually is kind of noteworthy for me because I'm all Freeman is, in my opinion, the guy to own. Freeman is the guy that you want, right? Foreman or Foreman, excuse me. Thank you for the correction. Dante Foreman is the guy that I want in the in that backfield. But Lamar Miller can be fantasy relevant, especially where he's going. There's other running backs I want, but if people have that, oh, it's Lamar Miller. But if he's faster and we get the Miami version of him, or the first year in Houston, the holes that Deshaun Watson creates because of his pocket mobility is something, and it that could certainly make a couple home runs for him. So he could be if you draft your team right and get him as a flex, that there could be worse options. So that's not too shabby. And uh, last but not least, Aaron Jones. Lafleur wants RBs involved in passing game. Lee, we'll start with you. Yeah, this is funny because I've talked so much Aaron Jones to my friends recently because I have him on my team and I've been trying to package him and trade him. Like, not really wanting to, just having enough depth for what I, where I can. And I recently made a bet who's going to, with between a friend, and um, who's going to have the most points per game next year, Cook, Dalvin Cook or Aaron Jones? And that was before this, this article came out. Ooh. Or this, uh, this piece came out. And I'm buying. You know, I have him in a league. You know, I'm in two leagues, and like I'll try to trade for him in another league. Like I think he's the clear cut number one back in that system. He's the the best. Jamal Williams is a good receiver, but he's the best with the ball in his hands. So I don't know. I just think the the more ways they can get him the ball, the the better. And I think they're trying to do that. So give me all of the Aaron Jones. Okay. What about you, Matt? You've got yeah. the Packer insight. You were you were there. Yeah, I'm in Packer country, so <laughs> it's hard for me to be like, no, don't buy Aaron Jones. I think he's gonna be good. Um, my only worry with him is your bet per game basis, Lee. Yeah, there's some stipulations too, where it's it's per game, but it's they have to have at least eight carries, and they gotcha. have to um, play at least six games during the season. Good, good, good. Yeah, on a per game basis, I think I think you're gonna win that bet. The <laughs> the, uh, the reason I'm saying that is he just hasn't. He's only been in the league for two years, but he has yet to finish the season not on IR. 
So I'm really hopeful that he finally turns the corner and does it. But until he does it, I'm, he just makes me so nervous, especially in the teens where he's going. There's a couple of dudes around him in redraft that I'd rather have. But in Dynasty, he's a huge asset. I would not be trying to shop him. Well, I think what our listeners... Right, right. I think what our listeners should take from this is kind of what we've been saying all along, is that if you go with a guy that has an injury history, it's very smart to make sure that you're loading up and possibly going with one or two lottery tickets, right? Uh, Some guys later that possibly a cuff to him, like you say, Dexter Williams, correct, is a guy that you're going to have a lot of shares on, Matt, on Green Bay? Every week until until he starts moving up in ADP, yes. Yes, sir. So it's just it's something to keep an eye on because it, it's correct. A duck is a duck, man. A spade is a spade. If somebody if every year they play they don't finish. I mean, look at Alshon Jeffrey, right? How many times yeah. are injuries a concern for him? You just have to kind of understand and, and, and hedge your bet that way. So before we get into the rankings and, and close, I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about a fully customizable podcast service offered right on CreatorRank.com. Brought to you by the guys at CPMC. This service offers a fully customizable podcast for your fantasy football league. They will evaluate rosters, give power rankings, do mock drafts, give out draft grades, suggest trades, preview playoffs, and anything else your league needs. Find them on Twitter at CPMC Podcast and CreatorRank.com slash product slash CPMC. And uh, they have some cool shirts, too, that you could buy if you like T-shirts. I like their logo. It's pretty cool. And it seems like some good guys. And like I said, it's this is a cool thing if you're a commissioner to do for your league. It's a cool thing if you always get your butt beat and lose to have them do this so you can have an advantage over your league mates and not tell them that you're doing it. There's a bunch of different directions you can go, so I would I would highly suggest. All right, so let's get into rankings. We're covering... The running backs, 26 through 40. So at sitting at number 26 is David Montgomery. I am all about this position. I think he's going to be ranked higher, so I absolutely think this is too low for him. Lee, are your thoughts concurrent with mine on David Montgomery? Yeah, too low. Uh, I do want to say um, uh, we did talk about Mike Davis for a second, and I don't. I think it's it's too early to dismiss him. He's, like, the 23rd highest-paid running back in the league. Like, they gave him a decent amount of money for a running back, and he was very good last year. Like, he averaged 4.7 a carry. Like, I do think that it's a good thing that Montgomery is showing out. But they did sign him, and I think that he, w- he still will take that workload where it's not going to be Montgomery gets all of the Jordan Howard work this year. That's my one point about it. Still okay. too low. Okay. What about you, Matt? I think it's too low. I know it's a little too early to dismiss Mike Davis, but I got a feeling that this kid's like Nick Chubb, where when he gets the work, it's going to be him. And <laughs> and I just think he can do everything that Nagy wants a running back to do. It's going to be easier for them to disguise if they're going to be passing or running. You're not going to be able to see Tariq Cohen on the field unless he's more gadgety where he's splitting out wide, lining up in the backfield, and just kind of moving all over so you don't really know what they're going to do when he's on the field. Right. So I'm all about that David Montgomery, especially this year. I think he's he's going to be a little Amir Abdullah-ish where he gets in the preseason, makes a couple of runs, and he shoots up in ADP. But I think he's still going to be worth it. 
Well, that would just you just scared people away by saying Amir Abdullah. <laughs> there, there's a lot of wrong with his Abdullah Oblongata. That guy. Woo. So this is a, these are rankings are fantasy pros, by the way, for our listeners. 0.5 PPR. So right behind him at number 27, which I think might be too high, honestly. I think he not not tremendously, like maybe about six or seven spots, but it's Tariq Cohen at 27. Matt. What do you think? Way too high. I don't think he's going to get, based on me just pumping up David Montgomery, even though I'm a Packers fan, he's way too high. I think he's going to be more gadgety. There's going to be weeks where he explodes, but you're never going to know when they are. I'd be more comfortable with him in, like, the 30s. What about you, Lee? Wow. I, I don't know. I think, I think he's too low. I just... From everything I've heard, he he believes his role is going to stay the same. Right. And that might be a negative to you guys, but at least in half-point PPR, he I'm pretty sure he finished as the running back 13 last year. Yeah. It was so high. it's like, I think, I, think, I think we're a little too quick to discount him, especially in a half-point PPR, because he, of that explosive play nature. And he's going to get, I think he had 60 catches last year. And I don't see why he can't stay right around there. See, I think he's – you know what's funny is I look at the rankings and I say that he's too high. But at the same time, when we broke down the other running backs, I – man, that that 11 through 25 is pretty bad. Like, I like almost all of the running backs in the grouping that we're doing. I really do. So I would say that Lee is actually onto something that maybe – for me, it's too high in this grouping of guys because there's individuals here I'd rather take a shot on, I think. But I think that if we if we were doing the rankings ourselves, if this was my rankings, he's I think he's higher because I would absolutely take I would take Cohen over Chris Carson. Right? Sure. I would I would take him over Kenya Drake. Ugh. Are you guys really comfortable with him as your RB2? From a team construction standpoint? Oh, no. 100%. I, I'm I not. am. I really am. He was the running back okay. 13 last year. I know he was last year, but what are they going to do with their running backs this year? They, did, they, they just don't they see him finishing as 13 again. Lee did say they were going to keep his role the same. Yeah, Cohen has said, said that multiple though. times now that, that his role is going to stay the same it? and that he's fine with that. And if his role stays the same, then it should be around. He had 70 catches last year. I just think that that's good. Like that's like very soft, very solid floor and half point PPR. Okay. I I, I Matt, I don't know. I don't I don't know who said it, Matt. I don't think it was okay. Cohen. I want to say it was a beat writer. Cohen said it though before. That his role citizen. Oh, Cohen did say it. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was Cohen. That's great. He can say that, but that doesn't mean that that's going to happen. <laughs> but why, so why are you projecting it otherwise then? Like, wouldn't you project it to stay the same as opposed to change? No, because he hasn't had a back like David Montgomery in his backfield yet. Jordan, Jordan Howard has a thousand yards in two straight seasons. He can't catch though, but Jordan Howard doesn't catch the ball. Does that does that right. change it? Right, Jordan I think that's fair. That's fair. But I think that's more of a like they they become less predictable. But like as opposed to like they're not going to just run the ball like. Cohen will be there on third down still, like just like he was with Howard in the field. It's just whether they like Montgomery because he's less predictable because they still could pass on first or second. Okay. Right. You both make very valid arguments. 
Let's move on so we don't kill each other. Uh, no! <laughs> finish him! <laughs> Fatality. All right, so at, uh, at 28, we have James White. I think this is too low. What are your thoughts, Matt? I agree with you that it's too low. Speaking of dudes that always finish way above their ADP, here we go with James White. That offense, I think, as sketchy as Sony Michelle feels to me, I think James White's the value. I think he's who you want to own. Lee, what are I'll your thoughts? Lee now. Yeah, um... I just, I don't, for me, it's just I'm gonna stay away from Patriots running backs, especially since they just drafted another guy in the third round. Um, I just, I don't want. Like, I think he, he's probably in the right spot, but for me, like, I'd rather take take a shot on the other guys in that in that area than him. I think that if I'm drafting, and I think Matt hit a valid point, if I'm, I would feel more comfortable with James White as my RB two than I would Tariq Cohen, right? Because I know. How the Patriots play, I've seen it. I've watched it for the last four seasons, and I know that he's going to get usage. Like they're beyond a shadow of a doubt. Health is pretty much on his side. He hasn't had issues with that. He's going to catch the ball, and I understand that they are a crowded backfield. But it seems like his role is pretty much unchanged. They could throw Burkhead out there. They could throw whoever, but it seems like he still gets usage regardless. So. Yep. I don't disagree with that. Now, that being said, I do still like some of the other running backs, but you could do a lot worse. I would definitely go him over Cohen in my thought. Ooh, we should make a we should make an on-air bet, an on, a live bet. Let's do it. I'll let's yes, do it. let's do it. It's, I'll, I'll take you both on. Let's go. You guys want it. Let's do it, man. You want one. <laughs> All right, what's up? What are the state? It should be something funny. Obviously, like it doesn't have to be monetary related. What do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. So water bet. Water bet, yeah, let's do a water bet. Okay, let's do it. Do so, it. so Matt and I are that. Are, Matt and I think James White will score more fantasy points this season in a .5 PPR than Tariq Cohen, and it is a water bet. For the listeners that don't know what a water bet is, what is a water bet, Matt? Okay, so a water bet is we kind of I, I stole it from the fantasy footballers where they have a wheel of water app. You spin the wheel of water, and there's different ways that a cup of water gets spilled on you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Excellent. And we will and we will upload this to Twitter or wherever uh, Alex wants to upload it to. Heck, we'll put it on the website. Let's do this. Yep. All right, number yeah. 20, 29 is Lamar Miller. Too high, too low, Lee. I, I kind of talked him up earlier, but too high for me. <laughs> I, I, I like the other guys below him better. As like, cause you're right, Deontay Foreman's there, and he has been declining the past few years. He might be leaner and better, but I'll stay away. Matt, your turn, I sir. I'm so ready to debate Lee again. <laughs> yeah, he's too high here. Um, there's so many other backs in this grouping and above him that I would much rather have. So too high. I think he's better off as like your RB three or flex. Yeah, I'm not touching him as an RB2. No way. I'm letting him fall. If he falls to where he's flex and there's not a lottery ticket upside guy for me, then that's where I would go. But honestly, I'd probably draft Ronald Jones over him as as my flex guy if that was the case, if he fell. 
Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm out on Lamar Miller, man. I do. It is intriguing to me because he ha- he has it, but it's at the right price. He's got to be in the flex, and, and there's got to be some guys gone that are you know taken that are sniped from me that I'm waiting on. Uh, this guy, this is going to be one of the more polarizing players I think this preseason. Tevin Coleman is ranked number thirty. Uh, I'm really intrigued on your thoughts because this is a guy that has the potential to be a league loser or a league winner, depending on his usage, I think, and where he's going in drafts. So we'll start with you, Matt. Too high, too low at 30 for Tevin Coleman. I lean too low in that Shanahan's system just breeds success for running backs. He's familiar with him from his days in Atlanta. I think he likes his skill set. He's kind of... Very Matt Burita-esque in that he can do everything pretty darn well. So he's going to be on the field a lot. They did pay him a decent amount of money, so invested they are in his skills. Sorry, I sounded like Yoda there. but Invested <laughs> his skills they do, must. Yes. Yes, exactly. So I think, I think of the San Francisco running backs, he's the one I would want to own that system being as good as it is, I would feel comfortable with him as my RB2. I'd take him around that 24 spot. Lee? Yeah, I think I'd say I agree with all the points that Matt just made. I just think he's about, I'd probably put him above above White at like 28 and wouldn't feel as comfortable with him as my RB2 just because there are a lot of mouths to feed in that backfield. But I like the familiarity with the Shanahan scheme. I like that he's the only one practicing right now. And he definitely could be an RB2, for sure. And he's going to RB30, man. And that's pro- he might move up, what, five spots? Might go down within two. So he'll be in that 25 to 32 range, probably, once we get, once we get closer to uh, the end of the tra- end of training camp. So think, if you think about it this way, is... Devontae Freeman got injured last year, and he was in the top 30 probably every week, if I'm not mistaken. So I think you're getting the value, even if he just returns that, and he's your RB2 or he's your flex at this ADP. So I'm cool with it, man. I I would be okay. I, I have no problem having Tevin Coleman on my team, especially if I'm starting wide receiver heavy. If, if he's my RB2 or flex, I'm, I'm gold with that. Uh, we got Geis at 31. Man, I I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm going too high, but I like him. What are, what are your thoughts, Matt? I think he's way too low. I think he's he's the guy that they're going to end up feeding. It might be Peterson for a little while, but here's another guy that could Nick Chubb it and just take over that backfield and be dominant. That offense, that offensive line is really good. Gruden's system does really well for running backs, too. I love the kid's skill set. I'm excited to watch him this year. It was a bummer that he got hurt as early as he did last year. So I think he's way too low at 31. I think he's going to return tremendous value here. Lee? Yeah, um, it's everything we have to say again. Minus plus just the monitor monitor health and like, I don't know exactly know where where he's at in his rehab, but I mean yeah I think if you can you can get a guy in guys that probably has the upside of like a high end RB two at thirty one, you take that for sure. 
Absolutely. I would draft him, and I'm not saying that I won't. I like guys. I am going to have shares of him. I just Adrian Peterson ha- isn't going anywhere. That being said, he did get dinged up last year, and he is Adrian Peterson just runs like a freight train still. So you get older, you take those hits. He does have every opportunity to come in and do exactly what Matt said with his point and what Lee said. So, so I don't disagree. Is your as your flex as your RB three? Yeah, sign me up. With RB one upside. Yes. That dude is that good. He's so good. I mean, he snuck up to the second round last year in some drafts before the injury. Yeah. When people were drafting before the season, so Latavius Murray is number thirty-two. Uh, he's going to have that Lata- that uh, Mark Ingram role for the Saints. Lee, what are your thoughts on Latavius Murray? Yeah, this year I love I like him a lot, actually. I think that he's a guy you can probably slot in on a bye week. Like, I wouldn't be comfortable with him as my RB2, as most of these guys you probably aren't. Right. But he's a guy like in the Mark Ingram role, gets goal line, he'll get goal line carries, will get some like meaningful work for a high-powered offense. My one uh, dynasty plug here, and this is just literally from me watching tape, um, he has no draft pedigree whatsoever, but I, I really like Devine Zigbo out of Nebraska. I think he's like a bowling ball. So maybe like a deep sleeper in Dynasty especially. It's, he's a name to watch out for in, in case he takes over that job from Latavius Murray. But I couldn't find any news about him. Like He's, he's made no waves so far, but he's just like a deep sleeper. I like, just want to plug him. Okay. Matt, what are your thoughts? Thank you for teaching me how to say that guy's name. I own like all of my taxi squads, and I had no idea what that last name was. <laughs> but yes, um, I wholeheartedly agree with Lee. It's my turn. Um, so he Latavius Murray feels way too low to me. A couple of years ago, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara finished as like RB three and RB six. I think it's very possible that they both return that kind of value. Sean Payton loves using multiple running backs in multiple ways. Latavius Murray, as much as I would love to like blast him because he was a Viking, has been pretty darn good his entire career. So I, I think I would be comfortable with him as my RB too. I don't disagree with either one of you. I man, if 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 he stays at this draft position, I'm definitely a buyer. I don't want. Hopefully, he doesn't rise too much, and that people continue to sleep on him a little bit, so he's more of a flex play RB three, because you would just win that advantage almost every week. I think because Latavius Murray is really good in the goal line, and that team is going to score a lot of points. Uh, that that offense is going to be better this year than it was last year. Because you have just so many other weapons that are taking a step up, in my opinion. And uh, they're, they're going all in, man. Drew Brees, they know it. They know that the clock is ticking. And not to mention, you know, when they get on the goal line and they throw Hill in there, the, the backup quarterback, and they do these exotic looks, it opens running lanes up so big. So, absolutely. that is He's definitely an eye to keep an eye on. I agree with both of you. Uh, we have at number 33, Rashad Penny. Lee, is that uh, too high, too low, just right? I mean, not much more to say on him. We talked about him a little more. Um, first round pedigree. Um, I think he's very talented. I think he'll get a lot of work. So probably too low. What do you think, Matt? Agreed. I read the case for Rashad Penny on CreatorRank.com, and I've been a buyer ever since. So do you guys, if you're if you're drafting, 
and you're looking at Geis, Latavius Murray, and Rashard Penny are all sitting there, and you're picking. Who, which one are you taking? I would take Geis. Geis. Yeah. Both, we have both went Geis. All right, there you go, listeners. We have a LaShawn McCoy sitting at 34. I don't. I don't like it personally, Lee. What are your thoughts? We talked about him as well already. Yeah, he's he's hit the running back wall. Looks like you know his his yards per carry dropped significantly from his career average last year. I think, I think it's over. I'm out. What about you, Matt? Wholeheartedly agree with Lee. I am not touching him. He's like my running back Emmanuel Sanders, where I'm just not going to touch him. Are you taking a, a if he keeps falling and he's your flex? You have, let's say, you have a wide receiver one, an RB one and two already, and he could be your flex. Are we, are we take, are we doing that? Or are we still passing and going for another receiver at that point? <laughs> I'd go literally anywhere else. <laughs> I think I would go receiver as well. I really do. I just, I, no. I think I would just wait and and get Singletary later. Yeah. We have a Royce Freeman at thirty five. Too high, too low, just right. Is this guy a lottery ticket? Is this is this what's going down, Matt? He feels like a lottery ticket, but he's another guy that I just people keep trying to pump him up. And Philip Lindsay is still there. Philip Lindsay is still really good. I think he's just about right. This is where I would take a flyer that maybe the new coaching staff wants to be all in on Royce Freeman, but I don't see it, man. I think Philip Lindsay's just that good. So, what do you think, Lee? Right. Yeah, I'll take I'll take other guys over him. I don't I don't believe in Freeman, and I like Lindsey a lot. So there's about four guys I see like right here below him that I would take over him. So too low, too too high, too high. Excellent, good point, gentlemen. With Freeman, for me, what I'm looking at is it's funny. I look at McCoy, Freeman, Jordan Howard, and Jared McKinnon, which are our next four. And I, I want to say they were all three top 20 running backs last year as far as uh, rankings go before the season. And it, it did not really shape out for all of them that way, obviously. So for me with Freeman, I think that if, if, if I have to, if, if, it, if my team build is I've got two running backs and I've got two wide receivers and I'm just continuing to plug in running backs and wide receivers and I'm waiting on QB and I'm waiting on tight ends, as the starter in my flex potentially – I think I would take him. I think I'd be cool about it if that was my build so far. But if he was my RB2, for whatever reason, oh, that's that's super risky. So it, it, I think it depends on build for our listeners. But the talent's there. The draft pedigree's there, obviously. And he went in with people thinking he was the clear-cut RB1 last year. Not saying he can't do that, but this is certainly a guy who people saw crush individuals' fantasy teams last year. So he could fall even further to what I'm saying, and it couldn't be in a super big value for you. We have Jordan Howard at number 36. I think this is too low, personally. Lee, you're you are you follow Philadelphia? That is your team. Or do you agree? Disagree? Well, that's tough. Um, I just I'm not into like taking shots on committee guys here at this point. Okay, I'd rather. I think I'd rather either take the shot on Miles Sanders, who's about four slots lower or whatever, because of the draft pedigree, 
Um, or like Ronald Jones, who could be a starter, and McKinnon, who could be the starter, despite there being other backs there. Like, I don't know. It's just like it's always been a committee in Philadelphia, which is why I stay away from Philly running backs. What about you, Matt? I think he's about right in that, like, in this space, I think I would, you could take the flyer on him as the goal line back and the thumper for uh, Doug Peterson's scheme. He loves to use multiple backs. Corey Clement got run at the end of one year. Smallwood. Yeah, there's always somebody kind of filling a role. They like they liked Corey Clement in the goal line, but I could see it being Jordan Howard this year. <sighs> yeah, I think this is about right. If anything, maybe just a smidge high, but it's about in this number where I'd feel comfortable taking Jordan Howard. Well, I would take him personally above Lamar Miller and above Latavius Murray and above LaShawn McCoy. And the reason why, the reason why I would do that is because they traded nothing. They gave up literally a six round pick for him and they have him for one season. So I think they're going to run the tires off of the dude before mile, before they unleash Miles Sanders. And I do think Miles Sanders is good and I do think he's going to get play. And I do think that it's a committee but also, let's go back to the Latavius Murray talk. I think the Eagles are going to be one of the better offenses in the league. And if Carson Wentz is as healthy as he look as he looking and he's going to play and is as mobile as that, he that dude can run too. So it opens up those lanes. So he can't pass or he can't receive, excuse me, or at least that's the narrative that he doesn't catch very many passes from what we've seen so far. So I think, man, if... If he's sitting here and he's your flex guy or your RB2 if you're wide receiver heavy, you can do a lot worse. But like you guys said, I do think Ronald Jones, who we're going to talk about in a second, is ranked way too low. And I would definitely go him over. Zach, did I hear you right? Did you say you would take Lata- or, uh, Jordan Howard over Latavius Murray? I would. I would. You want to do another water bet on that real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Jordan Howard <laughs> will outscore Latavius Murray. Yes. No way. Latavius Murray will. Okay. I'm I'm all about it. I'm I'm all about the water life. I'll wear a white t-shirt. I'll wear a white t-shirt for you as well. So we'll get we'll get crazy. <laughs> all right. So we've got uh, Jarrett McKinnon at 37. I at this point, man, I'm not drafting him at this point. I think I'm going down to the guys in the 40s, and I'd rather take a flyer on one of them personally. Uh, what are your thoughts, Lee? I'll, I'll take him here just because he has proven that he's a very top-tier receiving back. And even if he's limited to that role as like a third-down back, I still think that in a Shanahan system, that, that gives production. So I'll take him there. It could be a flex for me. What about you, Matt? Every reason I said for Tevin Coleman applies also to Jarek McKinnon. He has a massive contract, and just because he got hurt, I think they're still going to use him a ton. So I could see worse flyers in this range than Jarek McKinnon. I just get tempted by that Shanahan scheme for running backs. So I would, I think he's about right in terms of rankings. I would, I would not feel comfortable with him as my RB2. And as a flex or like my first bench guy, I'd be thrilled. And nobody knows because if you're looking at the rankings, there are three San Francisco running backs in the top 42. Makes sense. So that's that. No one really knows. <laughs> they they all have the potential. One of them. 
Exactly. One of them is going to give you amazing. It's going to be awesome. And possibly even two. So we will see. We have mild, We have Ronald Jones at 38. I think all of us agree this is too low. So we'll, we're buyers all day at this point. Am I, am I right, Matt? I would agree with that. I think he's too low. I, he's kind of the borderline RB2 flex guy for me, so this is way too low for Ronald Jones. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I just think the upside is too, too great to have him this low. I agree, man. I I like him. If I can get him as my RB too, I'm feeling saucy. I'm feeling real good. I'll pour water on myself just out of just out of love. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll videotape it too. Uh, we have Miles Sanders at 39. I think I know Lee's opinion already, but uh, I'll still let him take the floor with Miles. 39. What we got? I'm actually a big. I kind of said it a little bit. Like I'm a big. Just I don't think he's gonna break out in the committee this year. But I like the fact that, it, that I don't like the pick from the Eagles. I wish we would have taken Henderson. He's He was my RB2. That's the guy I like the best. But besides the point, you invest a second-round draft pick in a guy, you plan to use him. So I, I do think eventually he will be the lead back in that system, and the, the guy will see 15 or more touches a game. But I think this year he's got to pay his dues, wait his turn. So uh, he's probably in the right space, and I'll take him over Jordan Howard. But... I don't know if I really want him all that bad. What do you think, Matt? I think it's about right. If anything, maybe a little too high. He's a name that I would advise listeners to just watch in like week three, pick him up off waivers. Because whoever drafts him this this spot, he's not going to get the run in the first couple of weeks that you think he is. He might be dropped, you're thinking? drop him. Yeah. And then immediately pick him up for like the back half of the year. Well, look at some of the guys that are available. Like, we we're ending this at 40, but I'm just going to throw some names out, right? We've got Breida at 42, Naheem Hines at 43, America's favorite handcuff, Daryl Henderson at 44. You've got Adrian Peterson at 46, Foreman at 47, and you've got Kareem Hunt at 51. I think. I'm taking all of those guys over Miles Sanders personally. Agreed. At, at number forty, yeah. at number forty, we have Austin Eckler, and I would also take all of those guys over Austin Eckler. Uh, he has the capability of being an RB two if Melvin Gordon is injured. Uh, so, and they still have Justin Jackson as well, who proved he can he can be a beast also. So, let's start with you, Matt. Austin Eckler at number forty. What are your thoughts? I don't think he's any more than a pass-catching running back, even if Melvin Gordon gets hurt. I think it's Justin Jackson as the cuff you want to own if you get Melvin Gordon in the first round. Right. I agree with you. I just don't see Austin Eckler being anything above this. I feel like this is ceiling. I'm not drafting him at a ceiling. No, not at all. I'm passing and getting those other guys all day, every day. I would would draft Balazs on Miami over Eckler, personally. He's at number 52. Lee, what are your thoughts? Are we are we hating or are we are we truthful? I don't know. He was he was really efficient in the role that he had. Um, so I think he's he's like his ceiling's capped, but he'll see like a lot of relief work for Gordon and like some passing down work. So you know, if you want like a safer guy, like he's probably your, your best bet. Well, how many? How far are we going on the rankings? Where are we going? Up this there? this is where we're ended. This is forty. This is where we so ended. Should we today. talk about? 
after this, I guess, guys who like are outside of the 40 that we like? Sure, please. I, I mentioned a couple. Absolutely. The floor is yours. Who's somebody that they should, people uh, that our listeners should be gunning for, man? Yeah, so this like, goes against everything that I believe in as a dynasty fantasy football player. But because this is redraft, do you guys know how many yards AP had last year? It was over 1,000. I actually I actually posted it on creatorrank.com. Yeah, like I, I didn't know. Maybe it was when you posted it or I, someone else told me about it, and I was like shocked. He had 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns last year Yeah, as the lead back in Washington. And I think that the injury is a serious concern for guys. So I think that, you know, you take AP this late and he could return RB2 value for you if, if guys is like, Stop! It has like a hiccup in his rehab or something. So he's a guy I'll, I'll buy. Yeah, he's ranked forty sixth, man, forty sixth, and he had a thousand yards last year. I think exactly. at, I think at this point, I think he's the probably the top target in this range. I would certainly take him over Eckler. I would absolutely take him over Miles Sanders. I think I would take Ronald Jones over him though, because I, I'm a bigger believer in the Bruce Arians scheme, and there's not a guys there, but. Uh, yeah, for sure. Matt, is there any names that you want our listeners to know about? I'm going to throw out a name. I don't know exactly how deep he is, but Chase Edmonds from Arizona. I'll tell you. There's Hold on. whispers and rumors that he's going to have a bigger role than he did last year. He flashed in a couple of games. And if David Johnson stays being kind of the banged up dude that he's been the last couple of years, he could return amazing value with that system. Chase Edmonds is RB seventy. So he is he is free, pretty much. So he's going in like the eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, or undrafted, pretty much, depending on the league that you're in. Because most people, most what is it? Most leagues you're thinking about five or six running backs per team, right? Yeah. So you're anywhere between sixty and seventy-two running backs probably being drafted in a league. Sure. So wow, for me. Uh, I think that my guy is at number 47. It's uh, Dante Foreman. I've talked to him up a lot. I really, really like him. Uh, of course, I have Truth, uh, Naheem Hines at 43 to death, and I think that's a great value as well. He's a very good flex play. Some cuffs that I'm intrigued in. At 52, you have Village. I'm about that life. I really am. Rex Burkhead seems to find a way to always be fantasy relevant at 58. There are worse guys you could take a flyer on, especially among this well, group. I'd take Damian Harris over, over Burkhead as, the, as like the, uh, the handcuff. Oh, I don't disagree with you at all. I just think Burkhead's going to have a role. I think Harris could end up being the, the feature <laughs> guy. But I think it's weird. You can put, they're, they're, such, they're such a weird team. They make my head hurt. My head wants to explode right now. <laughs> and then Devin Singletary at 62. Right next yeah. to Jalen Samuels at 61. That's two awesome cuffs. What about Jalen Richard? Where's he? He'd be another. 66. Jalen yeah. Richard is ranked 66, especially in PPR. Exactly. Gruden loves, Gruden loves a receiving role running back. Yep. He really does. He likes to use multiple. So, so that's the RBs. Uh, next week, we're going to cover wide receivers 26 through 40. So that's gonna be that's gonna be some fun talk because also there are guys really to, to hone in on because a lot of people are in the RB heavy to start. So these are the guys that could be your RB one if you go. I mean, there are some people that go RB RB RB, you know, to start their drafts. So hopefully we can uh, give good advice on on who to gun for. 
So this is gonna. This is what we're gonna. This is how we're gonna close this week. Great episode, guys. I think we uh, kicked butt and took some names and gave some league winning advice. Uh, Lee, give everyone your uh, Twitter real quick in closing so they can follow you if they haven't done so again. Yeah, at Dynasty Dingo. And Matt? At Matt Reller, M-A-T-T-R-E-L-L-E-R. All right. As always, thank you anybody who tuned in. If this is your first time listening, go back and check out our other episodes. Uh, You win your draft now. Get ahead of the competition. Check out what we said about quarterbacks and the running backs ranked higher than this. Um, if you would be so kind as to leave a review, that would be amazing as well. We like when people say nice things about us. We're like Ronald Jones. And uh, other than that, thank you for listening to Line Up Locked. We appreciate it, and we're going to do everything we can to help you win your league. Peace out.